0: It's derby time! Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands with Dan the Coach and Jackie the Skater. The fun! The Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Welcome back, team. We made it. This is day one of Season 4 of the Power Through the 4th Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. I can't believe we're on Season 4. I took my first break ever back in October sometime, and now here I am back in January. I told you I'd be back in January. I did not give you a firm return date on purpose because... I know some of that is going to be out of my control for a while and will continue to be out of my control for a while. The truth is I'm coming back to a little bit of a more limited podcast release schedule. I think it only makes sense given the fact that most of the world still cannot return to roller derby either, including my own team. So my plan is to release one to two episodes a month until my team comes back. Which I'm hoping will be this summer sometime. And I hope that that's enough content to keep you going, keep you going with your love for the sport that we will play again very soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're probably wondering what's been going on with me. Well, uh, lots of really good things, actually. Really good things. When I think about where I started, And where I'm at now, it's kind of amazing and mind-boggling. I still have a lot further to go. I know that. I know I'm not there yet. I know I'm not quote-unquote all better. I should probably quickly explain, just in case this is the first episode of the podcast you're listening to, at the end of January 2020, I sustained a concussion that I never fully recovered from and consequently developed post-concussion syndrome, or sometimes called post-concussion symptoms. And it basically presents as concussion symptoms that never go away fully. This happens more commonly in women, more commonly in older adults, and more commonly in people who have sustained multiple concussions. And this was my sixth. So yeah, I hit a lot of those categories being, I guess, technically an older athlete now, even though I don't really think of myself that way. I tried to solve the problem by myself for a good seven or eight months before I realized I could not do this alone and finally started getting more help. (laughs) It's funny with concussions, they always tell you, you know, just wait and you'll get better. But that's not always the case. And in my case, I needed to see multiple doctors, and I had to go to a physical therapist. And as a result, I've had a lot of improvement. Uh, It also really helped that I got involved with a group called Concussion Compass. They have a website. I highly recommend checking them out if you or anyone you know has prolonged concussion symptoms because the resources that they share The education I've received about concussions and how the brain works has been invaluable because it's helped me, but I also know I can now help other people too, which is amazing because it feels like this isn't all for nothing because now I can help other people and I love helping other people. So there's always a silver lining to every dark cloud. You just got to find it. And this journey has taught me so much about patience and about understanding your limitations, seeing where you can push against them and where you should let them be for a while. And I've learned a lot about the people in my life and who I can depend upon and who I maybe need to keep at arm's length for the time being. I feel very confident I'm not the only person who learned that lesson this year of who to keep close and who to keep at a distance because 2020 was a year of many challenges and how your friends and family and neighbors met those challenges taught us all a lot about ourselves and about each other. And now I know where my safe spaces are emotionally, relating to other humans, which is a good thing to know. And I am very grateful to those people who made space for me this year and helped me through my challenges. You are wonderful, wonderful people. And there's a lot of you in the audience here, a lot of you listeners, you are wonderful people who helped me through this too. During the break, sometimes people reached out to me because they were experiencing a concussion or post-concussion symptoms, and I was really happy I could help in any way make you feel better about your experience by sharing mine, and I hope to continue to be that kind of a resource. If you are going through any kind of concussion thing, you can talk to me, and I'll help in any way I can, and when I run out of, of help, I'll probably forward you on to the Concussion Compass group, because I have never met a more varied group of people in my life who are going through the same thing in different ways. I can't believe there are people who have been having these symptoms for two years, four years, six years before they found help. And when I think about that, it's it's emotional to me. It's very emotional because I feel like I am so close, so close to the new version of my life, to like realizing it fully and being there, being able to take like a really active role in it. And I, I really feel for these people who have been on the journey so much longer than me and still have a ways to go. It, it's given me enormous perspective. But one of the things I've learned is where you started does not define where you can go let me say that again, because this applies to anyone at any stage of your life, wherever you start, that does not have to define where you can go. I think it is entirely possible I could get all the way back. Maybe I don't. Maybe I start taking on a different role with my team. Maybe I go into more of an off-skates role with my team. But as long as there is that chance that I could at least practice on skates with my team again, that's really all the motivation I need to keep driving myself right now. I need to keep imagining a future in sports because it is giving me such an energy and a drive as I remember the good times and what that can feel like again. it just makes me want to get to the next stage and the next stage. I really think anything is possible. Anything is possible given your determination and the resources at your disposal. It can be very difficult sometimes to have both of those things. But I think things are possible and will be possible again. Many of you have been asking, so I think it is warranted on my own podcast to give you a brief summary recap of the journey that I've been undergoing while I've been away from the podcast. I went to physical therapy and we worked on many things. We worked on my neck, we worked on the mobility of my neck and the strength of my neck, we worked on visual cues, like focusing my eyes at different points trying to switch back and forth quickly. We worked on things like uh, me having to toss a ball in the air back and forth between both hands while walking down a hallway, but looking at the ball. That was so challenging. (laughs) I can't even tell you. And of course, one of my biggest symptoms was exercise intolerance. If I in any way tried to do an exercise that was challenging, that got my heart rate to any kind of level where there might be a chance of a drop of sweat occurring on my body, I would have terrible headaches afterwards. And that was my starting point. I was discharged from physical therapy after six weeks. This might be sounding pretty surprising, but what I was told from my physical therapist was that she only had so many things she could teach me and show me. And there were concerns because of my lack of health insurance at how expensive it was getting. And we've basically kept in touch via email ever since. And I've let her know what I've been up to and how it's been affecting me. And it's been nice to know I still have a resource who knows me personally to talk to about my journey. That has been very crucial, just knowing if I stumble at any point, I can go back. And. With the exercise intolerance, it was basically a five-stage plan, and when I started with her, I was on stage two, and when I was discharged, I was on stage three. I would say I am now firmly into like a stage four of where my heart rate can be comfortably. What am I doing at stage four? I am running. I am running on my road, which was one of my big ultimate goals. I wanted to run with my dog. I wanted to do things that felt normal again. And running with my dog is one of those super normal things for me. Once the two mile run became no problem, that meant I have to challenge myself in other ways. And that means sometimes I increase the length of my run. Sometimes I just go right back out again and double it, make it a four mile run, and then see how I do afterwards. My symptoms usually don't develop for several hours, sometimes not till late in the evening. So it's... Hard to measure in the moment, which has been one of my main challenges. I also have gone on my first set of hill sprints with a friend. We ran on opposite sides of the road, and I very much tried to give myself the horse blinders and not see what she was doing at all so I wouldn't get too competitive because you know how badly I want to race another person. I see another person and I'm like, oh, I want to be faster than you. But I had to tell myself, no, we're not doing that. We're doing you right now. We're only competing with you. And if anything starts to feel weird, you need to back off. In fact, right now I'm getting so excited talking about it that my watch is reminding me that I should be spending a minute of breathing. I got an Apple watch for Christmas. Yay. Yay. I've got to say this has made a huge impact on my training since Christmas because I can more reliably track my heart rate, which my knockoff Fitbit was not doing very well at all. It was all over the dang place and I couldn't tell what was going on. It was stressing me out. And what I'm loving about this watch is I am tracking so much data. I know exactly what's going on all the time and it's being stored in my watch. I can look at it on my phone and... It also has this breathing function, which if my heart rate goes above a certain amount, it will give me a notification and remind me to like stop and spend a minute working on my breath, which is not something I would normally have worked on before. And I was having trouble recognizing those cues in my day to day life on when I might be getting a little bit too revved up or, you know, my temper is flaring at something random my cat did. And... (laughs) And now I I can take that moment to just breathe. And the watch is like, hey, cool, you did great. And sometimes I'll get one notification a day. Sometimes I'll get three notifications a day. And honestly, I don't remember getting a notification the last few days. So maybe my resting heart rate, like my normal moving around everyday heart rate, has been keeping really well in check, which is great. That's really great. Now that I think about it, I'm, I'm excited about this. Anyway, we were talking about my exercise tolerance. So once I can handle the steady state, that means I can start incorporating other things. I was working so hard just to get to this level. Now the next level is high intensity interval training. That's right. I am doing flippin' burpees, not literally flipping. I don't know how to flip, but You know what I mean. I am doing burpees. I am doing very careful burpees where I work on having pristine form and don't throw myself all over the dang place because I, a lot of up and down movement is still something that can be triggering and I want this to be so smooth. So I do very, very good burpees. I do high knees and I do skater jumps and I do lunge jumps and I do squat jumps and fast feet and all the things that I loved doing in my jammer workout that I shared on Instagram one time, all of those things I love doing the most, I'm doing them again. And I'm being very careful about how long I do them. And I'm kind of checking in with myself. And for the most part, things are doing really good. Uh, but there was a day where I went for a two mile run and then did interval training afterwards. And then that night, headaches. Headaches. And uh, this was at like the beginning of this month when I was like, oh, I should start getting ready to get the podcast back. Well, instead, what happened was I had about four days of super bad pressure headaches where I was having a heck of a time doing anything, followed by three more days of dizziness and nausea, which is unusual for me. That's not one of my main presenting symptoms overall. I, I don't usually have that. So I was kind of freaking out a bit. And since then, I have, you know, post-holidays, gotten my water intake under control. One of the things I can do is make sure I'm pumping lots of water into myself. And I'm back on my anti-inflammatory diet, which basically I fell off of since Thanksgiving and had some treats and whatnot. So now I'm back on that. That feels good. I'm monitoring my exercise better and things are going good. I mean, when I left off with you, I was tracking everything I did all day long in a notebook, writing down the different activities I was doing, writing down my data from my exercise. And now I actually stopped doing that. I'm not sure when. I think there came a point where the holidays became too much because my business really picks up around that time. And so I had to, something had to go and the tracking had to go. I learned how to more instinctively feel what was going on. Learning how to just check in with myself and feel what was going to be okay and what wasn't going to be okay. And obviously, I still don't always know. That week of of really bad symptoms, it really like it it put a good scare into me because it it made me realize, wow, it could go back so fast if I'm not careful. But on the other side of that, it made me realize I have come so far because, wow, to some degree, I was like that the entire time before this. And the fact that like 90% of the time I feel generally good, that is so huge. That is so huge. I feel mostly normal. I'm really close. I am close. But I can also tell... There's still that element where every day there's something. Like today, I'm a little floaty. I'm a little like, woo, a little loopy floaty. But otherwise, I'm feeling good physically and I don't have a headache and I'm actually not tired. And I think, I think I have decent focus. I'm trying to focus on this podcast, (laughs) but things are mostly good and that's amazing. So I've shared all of this about my story because the things I want to talk to you about today are... The first big bullet point that I mentioned, where you started does not define where you can go. I want you to know that wherever you are right now in your fitness journey, like whatever you've been doing with your time in the off season, wherever you are now, maybe you're not feeling great about yourself in January. It's pretty rare that anyone does. Everyone feels crummy about themselves in January and makes these big lofty resolutions. And then sometimes you don't. You don't make good on them and it feels crummy. So I'm here to tell you like where you're starting. It doesn't define where you can go at all. Uh, Point number two, I want to tell you anything is possible. Seriously, I do genuinely believe that. I think that with enough heart and enough help and resources, you can achieve practically anything. I think your goals are achievable. And uh third point here, I really want to encourage self-compassion. Now, a lot of us, when we go on this journey, particularly in January, maybe you're thinking about, I need to change up my eating, I need to change up my exercise plan, I need to change up whatever. And we get at it in kind of like a drill sergeant way, which can be very effective, but as soon as you have gotten to the place you want to be, then maybe you fall off the wagon and things kind of creep backwards again a little bit. And often you're also left with a little bit of psychological damage that you have put upon yourself because you've been thinking all these negative things about yourself to get you there because you think that that would be the most motivating way is to tell you how terrible you're doing and so you need to do better. And you might, but it'll feel bad. (laughs) It'll feel bad. So self-compassion is something I want to say this year because, okay, there's also self-esteem. For example, I was speaking to a teammate about how, okay, yeah, I lost and gained weight like three times in 2020. Like every time I lost it all, I gained it all back. And that was true over the holidays as well. And I was just expressing it's really discouraging and she wanted to reassure me well it's muscle and that sounds good right that's what i've been telling myself for years and it has been true a lot of times for years because a lot of my journey had a lot of strength training in it but the last um 4 months or so i have not been strength training like i was at all so I do not feel I can argue I've been putting on muscle and it might make me feel good in the moment to be like, yeah, look at my muscles, but I know that they're not muscles right now. I know that. And it might make me feel good, but as soon as I fail, it's going to make me feel twice as awful. So instead, the self-compassion approach is, okay, maybe you gain some weight again and you don't feel like you can physically perform the way you used to because of this. I'm not looking at it as a aesthetic I'm looking at it as a what do I want to achieve when I want to perform again when I rejoin my sport like how do I want to run how do I want to move and part of that is genuinely how do I want to feel when I put on my jersey I feel really good when I'm in a certain place you know and so I'm not going to lie to myself about where I am I'm going to be honest about where I am right now but I'm also going to be patient and I'm going to tell myself Hey, it takes however long it takes to get back to where you want to be. And whatever that training looks like, that's okay. You just got to keep the fire and passion alive in your heart and we'll get there together. Because you know what? Sometimes I'm going to have to take an unplanned rest day because I have really bad symptoms. And that has to be okay. Because... If I fight against it, what good is that going to do me? Sometimes you have to listen to your body. You have to listen to your priorities. And right now, my number one priority in my life is going to have to be my own health. Because I have learned when I push through and push through and push through, it has not benefited me and it has prolonged this experience enormously. So I'm not going to push through situations where I shouldn't push. I'm going to push when I should be pushing and not when I shouldn't training smart is going to be a vital part of my success and it'll be a vital part of your success too. I was speaking to a different teammate the other day. She was starting, a, like a couch to 10 K type program. And in the past she would look at the plan that was laid before her and see, well, I'm at this level so I can start maybe in week three instead of at the beginning. But now she knows with where she's at, she should start at the beginning. And I think a lot of you, if you have taken some time off from your normal training of how you'd be training your body if you were in season, I would say go back to the beginning and start with the basics. Start with your basic strength training, your basic cardio, and then you can always up the challenge when you are ready. But make sure you have a firm base before you start throwing yourself into things. So I built my base on cardio. I built my base on Walking, biking, jogging, running. And then now that I'm at that point, I can try high intensity interval training. But I started off carefully, making sure my legs can handle it because I don't want to have a false step and re-aggravate my old knee injury, for example. So you got to make sure your muscles are ready to perform. I don't want any of you to create an injury from impatience. Or to be mean to yourself because maybe your endurance isn't where it used to be. I used to be able to do a minute of jump lunges and not have it be a huge deal. It'd be a challenge, but I could do it without stopping. Now, I'm getting close, but I'm not there yet. And that is okay and has to be okay. And if I need a little breath, take a second before doing the next burpee, that's what I need to do right now. Because if I push too hard, it could put me a week behind. And I don't want that anymore. And I don't want that for you. I also mentioned that I am on an anti-inflammatory diet. And that is a choice for my health. Because it's something that has been recommended over and over again for my recovery. And maybe you too have chosen to change the way you're eating because you want to go on a different path than what you're on right now understandable a lot of people do this thing at the beginning of the year but the self-compassionate approach is not to be so restrictive that as soon as you're done with a diet you're just going to cram in all the things that were bad foods before the self-compassionate approach is to make sure everything you're eating is nutritious delicious and the portion that you think it should be So even though I'm having this anti-inflammatory diet, I'm going to make sure that whatever I'm eating is actually good for me. It doesn't just, you know, fit the category. I want to make sure that it actually tastes good because I'm going to be miserable if I eat food that tastes bad all the time. I don't want to eat bland food. I don't want to eat food that makes me, "Mm, I'm shoving this in now. I want it to taste really good. So I'm doing my best to find ways to make the food taste great whatever it is that I'm having and then just um making sure I don't go like to the moon with it just because I'm hungry just because I can have cashews doesn't mean I should eat the entire container of cashews because I'm gonna have a bad time and feel crummy about myself after so I'm just gonna have like the right amount and then be like yeah that was cool and move on with my day so That's the self-compassionate approach, which I think is super important. The self-compassionate approach in a nutshell is I'm not going to get mad at myself. I'm not going to be mean to myself. I'm not going to lie to myself just to make myself feel better because as soon as something goes bad, it'll be so much worse. Instead, I'm going to tell myself the truth compassionately and we're I'm going to figure out a way through each time that makes sense. And I think that's just overall a more healthy way to go with changes in your lifestyle. The next thing I want to talk about is something I am extremely excited about in a way I haven't been about a topic in a while. I want to talk about exercise and the brain. I have learned some stuff. I cannot explain all of it with scientific words, but basically the exercise that you do can help make your brain better, stronger, faster, smarter. I really believe that the biggest thing that has helped me in recovering from my concussion has been exercise. I couldn't do it at first, and I had to slowly but surely work my way up the ladder to where I am now, and I think it's it's done so much for me, and there is science to back this up. It turns out 80% of the brain's gray matter is modifiable through physical activity. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. None of that is written in stone and it can be affected by how much and how you move and the things you choose to do. And, um, for example, the hippocampus, your memory zone, it is super susceptible to lifestyle changes like exercise, nutrition, reduction of stress, cognitive training. They study this mostly in uh, people who get older. As you get older, your memory declines. And the people who do these lifestyle changes have the biggest effect on their ability to retain memories. That's amazing. Memory is an area where I have struggled on this journey. So I'm really excited at the idea that I could be helping my brain remember things better. Resistance training. All major muscle groups, but especially the legs, can improve your cognition and memory. It improves your balance and your gait to prevent for future injury. So resistance training is super important. If you only do cardio, you're going to be missing out on the effects that resistance training can do for your brain. So me doing cardio only for so many months has me Doing a little bit of a a quick adjustment now. I'm going to do more resistance training now, and I'm more excited about it because it could help my brain. Also, there's something amazing. If you do exercise that is considered motor fitness this is yoga, tai chi, dance, tennis, any kind of sport where you're moving multiple body parts simultaneously that helps you learn new skills, which improves your cognition. This reduces your clumsiness, improves your coordination, and it's doing things you're not good at that will give you the most bang for your buck. If you go try something new and learn it and adapt and get a little bit better every time, like say you've never played ping pong before and you pick up a paddle and you start going and it's not going so good at first. But as you start like making better hand-eye coordination results it's it's going to make your brain better and your brain healthier i'm i'm way too excited about this and of course the mental health effects from exercise are increased energy increased confidence self-esteem if you haven't been exercising because you were waiting for derby to come back i hope that this makes you want to just go out and play just go play a little bit because i think this is so exciting and interesting Like just getting on a machine to run or bike on its own, it doesn't make as big of a difference as something with a changing environment where you have to adapt your movements. Something maybe that's externally paced, like for example, tennis, you can't always control what direction the ball's coming from or what speed or high or low, and you have to adapt to it. So any type of exercise you can do where you're adapting to something, maybe you're just playing some music and you're dancing and you're adapting to the beat and you're changing up what you're doing with your arms and your legs. All of this is helpful for brain health because it's just getting you involved in the process more. I've been enjoying this state of being checked out through my exercise over the last several months. Like I considered it a break from having to think about things like I just run. But now I actually... Adopted a second dog. We have got a puppy at the beginning of December. My sweet chocolate lab, Lily, now has a little sister, another chocolate lab, and her name is Ember, and she is adorable and wonderful. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you've probably seen a zillion pictures of her already. And so now when I run, I have new cognitive involvement because I'm always seeing, okay, where's Lily at? Because before, Lily always pretty much stayed in one place. But now I've got Lily to watch and I've got Ember to watch. And sometimes all three of us are in a row running at the same pace and it's beautiful. And sometimes one of them's way behind and one of them's way ahead. And one of them maybe went off into the woods to use the bathroom or whatever. And I have to always be alert. And I have to watch for people coming and cars coming. And there are lots of environmental factors now that are making me more cognitively involved in my running experience in a way that it wouldn't be if I was on a machine, for example. Another funny thing I'm doing, I uh, got a spin bike recently because I wanted to have a way to, I wanted to start doing two a days. Basically, I wanted to do a workout in the morning and a workout in the evening, give myself a chance to recover during the day and then go again. The hope being that I could accelerate the process, but I can only do it if my brain's on board. So I've got the spin bike and everyone in the world wanted me to get a class subscription because they know I'm competitive and that I would love it. I would not love that right now. I need to go at my pace and that means I have to pay attention to what's going on in my body. But this lets me work on dual task exercises where you're performing one primary function and one secondary function. In this case, lately, I have been in the evenings getting on my bike, I'm riding my bike, but I also have turned on my switch and I've learned that a handheld switch looking at the screen is not very good for me visually and can make me kind of by the end of it. But if I'm watching the television across the room and I am playing Animal Crossing and giving my villagers gifts while I'm biking, I am doing dual task Exercise, I'm doing cognitive involvement while I'm on a machine. So now I, it can sometimes throw me for a little bit of a loop because it's, I'm challenging myself in new ways, but at the same time, I'm getting to do something I love and something that's good for me at the same time. And it just somehow feels right in that way. It feels good. I like the, the mixing of the things I love. And so I'm really excited for other types of training. For example, I've started doing battle ropes again for intervals and I'm trying out some things like doing squats while I'm doing waves or doing side lunges while I'm doing waves or reverse lunges or any such thing like that. I'm trying to think of how can I get myself doing two things at the same time and have them both be good. I still struggle with some things. For example, if uh, we're watching television and someone wants to speak to me, I have to stop the television because I cannot hear both conversations at the same time. I can no longer listen to two things at once comprehensively. So it only works if I'm okay with ignoring one of those things. (laughs) And if I'm watching something really good, I'm not okay with ignoring it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, um, I'm really excited about this cognitive training. And I hope maybe you are too, because The idea of exercise helping your brain be better and maybe having effects that last you many years as we all get older and the brain has trouble holding on to some of these things. If we maintain our level of exercise and throw in things that are kind of challenging in different ways, we can maintain that and improve it, which is so cool. And the last thing I want to gush about Before I let you go today is some things I watched during my time away. There are some really great sports documentaries on HBO Max. In particular, there was one with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, who are arguably the best coaches in the NFL and college football, respectively. I always find it really interesting to go into the background of a mindset and thought process of different successful coaches in different sports in the world. Because even if I don't always agree or see eye to eye with a person's personality, I have to note what made them successful and what worked and wonder, is that something that would be helpful to me in my life? So I like learning these things because I wanna know if someone else's story could be helpful to my own. And if you're interested in the coaching side of things, I would recommend checking that one out. And the other one I watched the other night that just broke my heart was the documentary on Olympic skier, Lindsay Vaughn. Oh my gosh. Just, she came so close to being, I guess the easiest way to put it, it would be like the most winningest skier of all time. And missed it by a very narrow margin. And it was so hard to watch her go through that in her last season. She was overcoming so many injuries. And she had a team that she trained with. And just seeing her mindset and what she had to do to psych herself up when everything in her body hurt. And she still really wanted to achieve her goals. It was just heartbreaking and inspirational all at the same time. I really loved it. And I would recommend checking that out. And the last thing has been just so nourishing for my soul. And it is an anime on Netflix called Hayaku. It's spelled like a Japanese haiku poem, except there's a Y in there toward the end. And if you If you don't watch anime normally, that might sound like a really weird request, but the episodes are only like 20-ish minutes long, I challenge you, just go watch episode one and see if you're bought in or not. Because it's a story about a volleyball team. I know, it's not the same as Derby, but the challenges each of these players goes through, each of these athletes, with their mindset and their confidence and... Learning how to be a good teammate and learning how to be a good leader and learning what it looks like when you're all about your own ego and your own success and not about everyone else. Or how much stronger you are when you realize you have six people out there together and together you're stronger because in volleyball it's six. But if you take this to Derby, five people are stronger than one. Five people are who are on the same page are always going to be stronger than one really good player on the other team. And I love that. I love the uh, the thrill of victory and the the challenge of defeat and the training. Oh my gosh, the training camps they go through and how they approach rivalries they actually love rivalries in the show and show you exactly why having a good rivalry is valuable even if right now you hate that other team you're playing because they took this from you this thing you wanted you wanted to get to this level in this tournament the other team took it you have to value how hard they pushed you and made you better in your journey just to get to this game and how much better your team is going to be after this game because of this grueling experience you just went through, where it was so close, and how you're going to rise above that, how you handle that. I love it. I love it so much. I'm not, I can't even play volleyball. I'm a shorty. And yet, there's this character who's like one of the main characters, and he's a short little guy, and... He wants to be the ace, he wants to score the points, and he basically had to train by himself for three years because he didn't have a team, and all he wants to do is fly and hit that ball, and all I could think is, all I want to do is jump the apex, and I don't want to cry, but it makes me feel all the feelings in the best way possible. It just feels good. Because I don't know about you, but I've had a hard time watching Derby this year. I haven't really done it very much because I can't do that right now. So I'm not going to focus on it right now. And I'm kind of focusing on all the other ways I can get me back. And watching these characters in a different sport go through such similar challenges has been hugely inspirational for me, even though it's fiction. There's a character who was the ace and there was a game where every spike he tried to hit to score a point on the other team got blocked. Every single one, there was a wall there. And after that episode, all I could think is how every time I tried to overcome my difficulties, I felt like there was a wall there this past year. I felt like I kept getting knocked down every time. But that's what it was like when I tried to do it by myself. Then I got a team. I recruited a team around me. I got other people involved in my development, success, and recovery. And in not being alone anymore, I'm finally progressing and achieving what I dreamed of, which is I want to be a roller derby athlete again. Maybe I don't play in another game. That is yet to be seen. But I want to get out there on the track And at least train with my team again. That's my goal now. My first goal was I wanted to go running with my dog. But now where I'm at my journey, I want to train with my team again when it is safe to do so. And it's going to be great. I think I'm going to be ready by then to be able to handle everything coming at me. I'm going to do all sorts of weird training. I'm going to work on my reaction time. And I think I can do it. As long as I'm good to myself and do things in moderation. So again, one to two episodes a month is what you can expect from this podcast going forward. I've got some really great guests lined up. They're going to be coming out in the next couple of episodes. I'm really looking forward to sharing those with you. One's recorded already. I have not started editing it yet. I will when I'm ready. And uh, the other one will be recorded soon. And I'll be releasing those when I can. Thank you so much for tuning back in to listen to this episode today. I know it's pretty weird because it's been such a long break, but I appreciate you. Those of you, especially who are listening as soon as it comes out, like you are, you are very good people. (laughs) You are wonderful people. And I have appreciated your support. I've appreciated those of you who've checked in on me. I really appreciate those of you who have uh, come to me because you want to talk about concussions. I am there for you. I might not always respond right away. Uh, For example, I haven't been checking in on Instagram much lately and I saw there were some lots of people posted stories and I didn't get to see them because I didn't check in every day and it kind of makes them disappear. But those of you who send messages, I will respond to them at some point. I promise. I cannot guarantee when, but I will. Thank you so much to all of you all of you out there for listening, all of you who still have hope in your hearts for the sport of roller derby, which is coming back and is going to be a really good time when it does. Thank you to all the patrons on Patreon. All of you who have ever supported me on Patreon, thank you. Those of you who have stuck with me throughout 2020, thank you. Those of you who stuck with me even though there was a break, thank you. <laughs> and thank you, we've got a couple of new patrons. Kristen, and Chovskaya. Pew, pew! Pew, pew, Kristen, and pew, pew, Chovskaya. I really hope I'm saying your name correctly. I'm trying really hard, I promise. And thank you to our top tier patrons, Tara Webenson and our new patron, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thank you to those of you who shopped in the Threadless store over the break. I was not able to compile a list to thank you all individually, so I just need to thank you as a group. Thank you. Thank you to Jennergy, who is still on board with transcribing these episodes. Jennergy, you are a saint. I appreciate you so much. And I saw that there was a new review on Apple. Thank you, Trish Pete. I just saw it today and it made me want to cry a little bit. Thank you so much. Uh, Trish Pete was supportive about me taking a break and appreciated the podcast. Uh, And I... I needed that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, all of you. We're going to go now. (laughs) I, I usually know how to end episodes. I think I feel like memory tells me there was a song. Oh, yeah. We have been talking about Derby and sharing Derby thoughts. Pew, pew. I promise the next episode will be a lot more actionable information for all of you. I promise. I just needed this one to be a little bit about me to come back. Pew, pew. Thank you for listening to another episode of Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. I really hope those laser beams of positivity will carry through your day. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter at Whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. You can find fun videos of On and Off Skates training at our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram. You could also support the podcast on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. The benefits of becoming a patron include fun stuff I can send you, like stickers, buttons, or shirts from our Threadless store. You can get access to our Discord server, bonus content, and free giveaways. Plus, patrons now have access to an ad-free version of the podcast that will download to your favorite podcast app each week, and everyone can access our transcribed episodes at patreon.com slash powerforthwhistle. If you like the content we provide and want to support us on this journey, please consider becoming a patron. If you want to expand your derby wardrobe, of course, another way to support the podcast is visiting our store at powerforthwhistle.threadless.com where you can get our designs on just about any type of apparel or accessory you can dream up. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you can leaving reviews is still the best way to help this podcast be found and spread those laser beams of positivity to more humans. Plus, it's a way you can give back that is completely free. Open up your Apple Podcast app, punch those stars, and leave me a pew-pew!